In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's another exciting podcast all about the safeties. And I'm joined with Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, though. This is the penultimate position room. It's the main, it's the final big position room. We've only got special teams left after today. So uh, it's, it's bittersweet that we're finally saying goodbye. This is, this is one of my favourite series of the year where we look at, hey, here's all the options on the table, every single position, all 53 roster spots. Which way could they go? Um, it, and it's just, it's, it's great fun. So, uh, no, sad times that it's finally leaving, but it's been an absolute blast. And I'm really sorry that Ian's not on the podcast, but upsetting some of our Twitter fans, he got the yellow card. Yeah, apparently uh, there was three complaints by different dogs um, from people's homes that he, he was uh, not spending enough time cleaning up dog poo, so uh, that, that he's just tied up. Yeah, the last time three yellow cards were given out was England versus Croatia in the World Cup, I think. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, this is not a soccer podcast or a World Cup. It is NFL Browns. So let's start the safeties, Jack. Let's fire away. Yeah, so we've obviously done corners uh, on Monday, um, but today we're looking at safeties and they come together because it's defensive backs. Generally, most rosters in the NFL will carry 10 DBs. We're working on 11 because we believe Woods will drop one um, of the linebackers to have that extra DB to take it to 11. As we spoke about last time, how does that split? Is it six um, corners, five safeties? Is it um, seven corners, four safeties, and either can be really work. At the end of the day, it's five cornerbacks, four safeties, and then wherever you stick that extra sort of two guys, they're just special teamers at the bottom of the roster. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think the key debate comes down to when Woods is playing nickel. So we've got five DBs on the field. Is that a third safety or is it a third corner playing in the slot? And that will do a long way to define roughly how the sort of top end of this room works. Do they have sort of a guy there that's playing loads in the safety room as third safety or not? I think he'll lean towards the third safety option. I just feel it's where the league's going more and more. They want that bigger person there. They can do a lot more, be a lot more sort of scheme diverse so they can change things because as much movement as you can put in between the snap and when the quarterback throws the ball, the better. If you suddenly have your guy in the slot, he can drop to deep and then the deep safety can come down and do something else or um, maybe Ward blitzes and sort of one of them safeties goes over there and covers the guy he was on. All of that sort of stuff gives quarterbacks fits. Um, so yeah, the, it gives you more flexibility having a safety there than a uh, slot corner. Um, but no, it's, it, it's exciting. We need more and more depth to our DB room. Um, there was a lack of it last year, and it, that was the place on the defense which really hurt the Browns. 
but yeah, but Jack, going into the uh, new season, it, it looks like we're quite well equipped though, right? So we'll start off with the starting free safety. So we're working on three safety. So we're going to have a free safety, a strong safety, and then sort of your third safety, whether it's slot, nickel, however it works out. We're going to go through the options of roster free agency and then draft. We'll start with roster. First off, I'm going to say I'm not penciling in uh, Delpit for this spot. The reason why, um, so two reasons, coming off an Achilles injury, so you don't know what that's going to lead to. And as well, he's effectively a rookie. Um, so we've got four safeties in the last four years have come out and really hit the ground running with above averages performances. And they're Derwin James, Jesse Bates, Marcus Williams, John Johnson. Two of them guys we'll actually come back to later. Um, but it's really, really tough for that first year for them to perform at an above average level. So I think there's still going to add people there that could be the starter. That's not saying we've given up on Grant Delpit. We've got a role for him that we'll come to. But the same way as with like Greedy Williams, you can't go, we're relying on this guy to be part of a Super Bowl winning defense. And that's what we're aspiring to next season. So we can't sit there and go, oh, we can throw him out there. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't really matter. We can't take that risk as a team because, yeah, two years ago, that was fine when we're planning for this team to be great in a year's time or something. Um, and that's why it wouldn't have mattered last year if he was coming in and sort of starting as a rookie. But the expectations are so high. Fans are going to be rightly disappointed if this team isn't in the playoffs and winning a playoff game next year. Um, we should at least make the playoffs, whether you win a playoff game. There's lots of luck and other factors. But for that reason, even though there's a lot of hype, I'm excited about what Grant Delpit can do. I don't think you can pencil in him and go, right, he's our day one starter. All we need to do is look to add depth. We need to push this team and be better than we are at the minute in every aspect. And I think he just isn't an option where I feel 100% secure that we're going to have above average safety play no matter what when he's never played a snap in the NFL. Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, Ronnie and Delpit do seem like a great combo for the uh, NFL. Yeah, no, no, I, I've got a perfect spot for him where I think he could play up to 75% of snaps. So I'm not saying okay. he's benched, but we will come back to him there. Next, we're going to have free agency. And this is unique across... All the different shows we've done, at every point I've been like, this isn't the one where I want to spend some money. This isn't the one where I want to spend that money. Now, today is the day. Let's spend that money. Um, make Jack, just calm down, mate. Calm down. Mate. We're about to sign JJ Watt, and you're saying about, you know, paying linebackers, paying safeties. No wonder your Twitter followers are going up, mate, because you're starting <laughs> to go crazy. This is the one. Um, yeah, we can stretch a six million for KJ Wright, but this is the one where I want to put that money in. So there's five guys out there that fit the mold of sort of a star free safety you can go and get. We'll just name them off to start with. So we've got Justin Simmons, Anthony Harris, Marcus Williams, Marcus May, John Johnson. I'm going to start with Simmons and May. Both, I'd be shocked if they left their team. The Broncos and the Jets, respectively, going to lock them guys up, whether it's a franchise tag, whether it's a long-term deal. Can't see them making the market. Anthony Harris is a really interesting one. So um, 2018, 2019, one of the top three safeties in the NFL, according to PFF, was phenomenal. And then the whole Vikings defense regressed last year. 
The issue that I think the front office will have with Anthony Harris is purely age. He's probably going to be looking for a four-year deal. I think off the top of my head, he's about 29. I don't think that's where they want to go. For that reason, I think Marcus Williams, John Johnson, both are going to hit free agency because the team have got cap issues. 100% with Marcus Williams, probably with John Johnson. Um, But I think Marcus Williams is the one they most want to go for. He's just on the sort of top end of 24 at the minute. So insanely young, um, offers a loads of upside for the Browns. And I, I just think that's one that this front office is going to be sitting there. It fits their mold, fits the, what you sort of see on paper for. This is the sort of guys they love. I, I, I would be surprised if one of these two guys, Arna Brown, and if I had to bet money, I would happily bet a fair size that Marcus Williams is a Cleveland Brown just over a month today. And Jack, have you looked at the bookies to see if there is a bet there or not? So there's not. Um, the only bet I can find involving the Browns and free agency is JJ Watt um, on Sky Bet in the UK. He's currently the favourite at 7-2 to, um, to be a Cleveland Brown. Um, you've then got a group of them, Packers and uh, Steelers, uh, is it Titans and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think is the next tranche um, at 4-1. to one. So that's plus 350 and plus 400 for our American listeners um, to convert that into what you guys get. And then the other option for filling that starting free safety spot. And I know that we said we couldn't rely on Delpit because he's a rookie. You could go the sort of other route of going, hey, let's bring in another first or second round pick. And we're going to just have two rookies fight it out. Delpit and another sort of, say, second round safety. We'll throw it out there and hope one of them stick. That, in a way, is realistic. I don't think it's the route they'll go. And obviously, you, you would have sort of a depth-free agent, whether it's your Carl Joseph. We'll come to some of them names later. But it's a route you, you could go in this front office. I don't think you'd be opposed to it. Um, but I think it's free agent for them, and they're, they're going to go big. Make a splash play. The safety market isn't ridiculous. Um, if you're talking about $15 million a year for Marcus Williams, it's easily doable. Um, and then... That's basically off the book by the time Grant Delpit's money hits if you end up signing Grant Delpit. So you've got a nice transition there if that's where you want to go. So, um, no, I think that's where they'll look for starting free safety. Um, And it's why I was saying literally on Monday, I don't think they'll invest too heavily in the cornerback room because the splash is going to be at safety. And you'll only see a splash at one of the two. I can't see them doing both. Um, what happens if the team have got or the front office got a plan to draft someone quite early though mate so uh, that's why I think they'll do it at corner I think they'll add loads of corners in the draft and then draw um, sign in free agency the safety um, the reason why I think they'll do that is because no one's really due a payday in the safety market at the moment um, Ronnie Harrison, I'm going to write about hopefully later this week or next week um, about what a potential extension looks like, but I think they'll give that another year. Grant Delpit's on a, a rookie deal. Um, so the, the, this money's far down the lane. So if they give someone a th- four-year deal, it's no issue in the short term. Whereas obviously, if they were going to make a splash at something like corner, you, you, you potentially pay in ward at the same time and it starts getting messy there. Obviously, if you trade for Lattimore and you're making a big splash like that, it doesn't matter. You, you can work that out. 
But I just feel that in terms of the rooms, it makes more sense to draft extra corners. And as well, Ward's got injury issues, as we spoke about last show. You've got Greedy Williams injury issues. Have lots of guys there that are high draft picks. And let's see just who hits. Whereas the safety room, let's just nail that down. Um, And it doesn't, we'll, we'll chat later, it doesn't stop them from drafting someone in the, say, third, fourth, fifth round. Um, and sort of developing them. But I think in terms of your starter, make that splash, get you a free agent. Jack, how well do you rate our safety team at the moment against other NFL teams and the potential of it? So I think it's loads of potential, but it hasn't actually done much um, is the issue. So the next name we get onto is starting strong safety and it's Ronnie Harrison. It's locked in. This was... Ridiculous. So I remember we chat, chatted about it at the time and we were like, oh, he, he's going to be a solid depth piece and he, he might be able to start and sort of do a job for a standard team in the NFL. But wow, he, he really, really impressed. Um, I don't think he gets a contract extension this offseason. Um, I'm going to look at what it will be, but I think they'll wait a year just for the health questions to answer themselves. Um, but I, I really, really like the Ronnie Harrison edition last year. Um, and that's the sort of moves you're going to see the Browns make loads of these moves. You're not going to see the big sexy moves where, oh, they gave up two first round picks for this defender. They're not idiots. Uh, only silly front offices would do that. Um, Cleo Mack trade hasn't worked. Um, the Ramsey trade doesn't look like it's going to work. The Jamal Adam trade isn't going to work. Um, I would much, there's not that much difference between Ronnie Harrison, Jamal Adams, as crazy as that is to say. Um, the fact that one's worth two first-round picks, one's worth a fifth-round pick, that's just nuts. Um, so, no, you're going to see loads of moves like this. Claire's Campbell went for a fifth um, to the Ravens. Um, expect, if Browns are in the trade market, it's probably going to be day three picks. They're moving for people, um, and they're looking for value in all these moves. So, uh, no, Ronnie Harrison, great addition. I think he'll be our starting strong safety next year. Um, we'll see how he goes. Um what was your view on Ronnie Harrison, Paul? Yeah, I think he's a good. I think he's a good guy. You know, when you look at the um, Whitella trade and the Ronnie Harris trade, you like Harrison trade. You think to yourself, let's just keep doing trades like that because they turn into real good, uh, real good assets. So um, yeah, and it kind of. I know I don't want to go off piece with this, but like paying JJ what big money, I wonder what low-hanging fruit or, you know, potential talent that our front office have got their eyes on that we get a lot cheaper and turn into a, a hidden gem versus going for the diamond that can potentially go into a rusty old rock. Yeah, I would say if if teams looking at a complete rebuild um is the Houston Texans, then I'll be getting on the phone and seeing what they think of Reed, their safety. Um, because that, that that could be a perfect example of that's the next guy of, they maybe choose their second, third round pick and go, hey, give, give us um, Reed. We'll give you a third round pick this year. Um, we'll then time up straight away. And you, that, that could be how you solve your starting free safety. It might not be one of these guys in free agency. It might be uh, Reed that they go and get. So, um, no, I, I think there will be sniffing around. Um, we've seen Andrew Berry is a really smart guy. Um, he's got his nose around every deal in the NFL. Um, his name's always mentioned as someone that's been in touch because, hey, they're going to leave no stone unturned. And that's exactly what you want. 
they need to know the value on every single thing that's moving around the NFL. Because if you're not aware of it, then you can't say, hey, there's actually value here. It wasn't a guy that we naturally go after, but he, he fits what we're trying to do. But his value, we expected it to be 10 million higher across the sort of two years than it is. Let, let's go for it. Let's take a punt. So I like what he's, they're doing there. Next, we get on to the starting nickel slash rotational dime um, safety. So Grant Delpit is penciled in here. And it, this is the one where it's hard to predict because if they're going to play three safeties and two corners when we go into nickel, this is going to be a position that 75% of the time that's out there. If it's one that they're only going to be out there when we're in um, dime package, so six DBs, because they're going to start three corners, two safeties in nickel, and then they're going to add another safety when we go to dime, then it's going to be about 25% of the time. And the reason I work that out is um, I think we're going to have three linebackers and four DBs about 25% of the time, the same with dime, and then 50% will be in nickel. I guess that's roughly where we're going to um, bench our team. But it might be one that Delpit actually sort of gradually increases that amount across the season. They might start him off quite slow and go, hey, let, we'll put you in there about 25% of snaps the first game till you get really confident. Then we'll build up to 50%. We'll build up to 75 So it might be one where they have a slot corner there and you see that transition across the season. Or they might feel really good about him in camp and be like, right, he's got this. Let's go right in there. But it gives you that options to move around. Um, and they might do different things against different teams because if they find, hey, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, they can look at their different DBs and goes. No one can stop Travis Kelsey, but this is going to be the best one at slowing Travis Kelsey down. And um, that can be some of the stuff they do. So I think Grant Delp has got a really nice role there. It doesn't then stop him doing anything in the future. But if you're talking about a starting three of Marcus Williams, Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit, I, I would make a bet that's a top three safety trio in the NFL, if not the top safety trio in the NFL for the next three years. Jack, that is a big call to make, mate. And I'm going to stand by. We can quote tweet this when it's out there. Um, those three best dudes. Best O line, both best safety. Yeah, and I think that would be the only two rooms where we'd lead the NFL. Um, potentially the best edge room if you've got Whoa. Garrett and JJ Watt. Anything else you want to talk about the safety room? So and next we just get onto that depth piece. So um, is it four? Is it five? In all honesty, it doesn't really matter. Um, let's just touch on the three different areas this comes from. So um, we've got roster and just looking at that sort of why you might not need five. If they start a three safety base and that um, one of them three safeties goes down, they might actually turn to a corner to replace it because they'll go, hey, well, let's put the corner in the slot now rather than the safety, because your sixth best DB is probably going to be, well, the fifth and sixth, one's going to be a safety, one's going to be a corner, so you'll just flip that um, if someone goes down. So uh, they don't necessarily need, hey, if you're starting three safeties, you've got to have five, six safeties on the roster. It won't necessarily work that way. But in terms of these depth roles, obviously we're mainly talking special teams now. Maybe one of these two, if they do have five, is about upside. Of those that's on the roster, Sheldrick Webbrine's the only obvious name. For me, I can't see him back. Um, I think he'll be here for camp, but I can't see him winning a battle. The reason for that is we all remember the absolute 
way people were moaning at Andrew Sandejo. He was out on the field nearly all the time ahead of Sheldrick Redwine. If that isn't an indication that Sheldrick Redwine isn't good, I don't know what is. This coaching staff thought Andrew Sandejo is better than Sheldrick Redwine. So if if you think, hey, I didn't like Sandejo last year, you can't sit there and go, oh, Sheldrick Redwine's going to be good next year because those two things just don't match up. Um, obviously, they could have had a horrible judgment on him last year and he's clicked something in the offseason. I just can't see it. So, Shedrick Redwine, good luck uh, wherever you land in the NFL because he will get picked up. Um, do you think he's a good player but doesn't fit our system or, or scheme? Or, yeah, what do you think? I think he just doesn't really... I don't know if he's that good um, is the issue. And it's just unfortunate. Obviously, he's had a couple of interceptions, but the ball was basically thrown at him. He didn't even move. It wasn't like he's done something to create that. Um, the ball's just almost landed in his hands by accident. Um, so, yeah, he's not one there. Um, in terms of the two free agents, you've got Carl Joseph, you've got Sandejo. I could see the return of Carl Joseph. I don't think they will, but it might be one that they do go that route, um, especially if there's questions over your sort of uh, Ronnie Harrison and health, having a Kyle Joseph that can sort of fill in as that strong safety is certainly something they, they could do. So uh, Kyle Joseph doesn't surprise me. The name I would love in free agency, and uh, he, apparently he went to a college some, somewhere near Ohio. Um, Hugh Jackson fell in love with a guy, wanted him over to Sean Watson. It's a, it's a guy called Malik Hooker. And uh, apparently we've got a few Buckeyes that listen to this podcast, so no doubt they'll be really happy. Um, but no, it could be available for sort of two and a half, two million this year, one-year deal, prove it. Um, would he want to come in if we sign Marcus Williams? We've got Ronnie Harrison, we've got Grant Delpit. Who knows? But if he's sat there going, hey, I'm fourth safety in a three-safety defense, it's going to be a top defense in the NFL. Someone is going to go down or things will happen, I'll get a chance. He might look at this. This is your chance to sort of reclamation project. Obviously, been in the area before. I don't know of any bad experiences at when he was at college, but he he probably up for coming back. So uh, I think that'd be a really really interesting uh, decision there if they do decide to do that. And what do you think it'll cost us? Two million, two and a half. Um, Cole Joseph, I think probably in the same range. Um, I think you're only getting one of those two guys. Um, may, maybe if you if you went really outside the box and you signed both of them and you were drafting someone and you maybe went draft pick, Grant Delpit, Harrison, Cole Joseph, um, Malik Hooker, that, that could work. Um, it's not it's, The room's then not sexy because it won't have the big name like Marcus Williams, but it, it's still very good. Um, and there's so much upside there. Um, but no, I, I think you're probably looking at one of these two guys if you go for a big name like Marcus Williams. Or they could just go the route and go, look, we've got three guys we really like. Um, let, let's just draft someone and we'll, we'll see who's the best sort of draft young prospect that we've got because it is all about developing people coming through. Um, and the reason why you might want some extra bodies there because they might not be convinced on paying Harrison. It's not because Harrison's bad or anything. But the, something weird is going to happen with Browns rosters that hasn't happened in a long time. We're going to let legitimate starters walk in free agency, not because we don't want them, 
because we can't keep everyone. And we might go, actually, we've got Grant Delpit, we've got Marcus Williams, we're going to allow Ronnie Harrison to walk. Um, good luck. You're going to go out there and be a, a potentially above average starter in the NFL. And we're okay with that because we can't pay everyone and they're going to have to make little decisions. And Ronnie Harrison might be the guy that misses out. Would be a shame, mate. That's true. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, hey, if that third, fourth, fifth round pick, they draft someone. Um, it all depends who's there, what they like, do they need someone else. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're going to add some depth into this room. I just think they'll they'll do well to add sort of a decent draft pick to everywhere on the defense and keep uh, bringing more talent in. So that, that's pretty much the, the other two names are in the room. Uh, Javonte Moffitt and Elijah Benton. I'm sorry to hurt you, Paul. I can't see either making the roster. Practice squad guys, no issue with that, but they're not <coughs> the roster. Undrafted free agents, don't do it. Hey, I've got nothing wrong with We'll find some new undrafted free agents that are better than them too. Mate, they're not cannon fodder, mate. Undrafted free agents have feelings too. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're probably aware by now, Paul. I, I really don't care for players' feelings. <laughs> Is AJ Green still on our roster? Yeah, he's there. He's yes. a corner. So I think he, he could be a shot making that sixth, seventh corner spot. He it just I don't think he got the chance to play in much special teams, but that's where he needs to shine if he wants to make the roster. He could potentially be the replacement for my boy, Mr. Thomas, um, if they decide not to bring him back. Which would be tragic. That would be tragic. Um, but no, that that's basically a run through on the safety room. Um, well, I've got one question for you, Jack, and it's on the topic. What are your views on JJ Watt, mate? Because it surely doesn't fit in with with your ideal cap situation, paying a lot of money for an old old uh, talent. He is a very strong talent, you know. Yeah. So, sort of on the surface, when it was sort of first coming out, my initial head went, "Look, he's not worth seventeen and a half million. If he was, someone would have traded for that contract." Um, guessing someone is looking at 15 million a year which three, 45 million over three is too much for me um when we started hearing hey might he be in the 26 28 over two the sort of 37 to 40 over three that sort of stuff i can get um i would prefer the two-year deal um just so we have him for two years he's then off the books before the miles garrett money hits it would effectively mean the end of Sheldon Richardson. But quite frankly, if you sat there and you said, hey, both of these guys are going to cost 13 million, which one do you want? I think you're mad if you say Sheldon Richardson's better than JJ Watt. Um, JJ Watt is going to have an interesting role. So PFF Sam has been coming out with some really good stats. That JJ Watt is a better pass rusher from the inside and he's better playing the run as an edge defender. So um, the reason for that is when you're playing the run, you need bigger dudes, so move him out to the edge. Um, when you're pass rushing, he's so much more dominant on the inside um, that you get that nice combination with him, but you're just going to need to bring some more pieces there. So even if we draft JJ, uh, sorry, sign JJ White in free agency, we're still going to need to draft a guy on day two, um, potentially even as high as 26, because he's only going to be here two years. There's no chance of an extension after that because you've got Miles Garrett, who's going to be taking a massive deal. 
Um, then you look at the other side um, and what you do on the interior. Once you let Richardson go, you'll need someone there. Doesn't need to be a star, just someone solid. Um, I like Solomon Thomas when we spoke about it on the show, but Solomon Thomas is almost similar to that JJ Watt inside pass rushing, outside edge rusher. Um, so have a look around and sort of see who's there. Um, but yeah. The one thing that really excites me about it is that, you know, Miles Garrett gets double teamed a lot. If you've got JJ Watt on the other side, you can't double team everyone. Yeah. So the, the, the obviously, it will, there's nothing wrong with stopping them putting both on the same side. And that would create incredible problems if you stick JJ Watt at the three tech just next to Miles Garrett. What they're going to do? They can have three guys on two. Someone's got to be open, and you force them to go. Hey, you decide who it is. And if you chip block in with a tight end, then you, you're going to absolutely have their pants down. So um, that gives you a lot of upside. The thing you've got to look at with the other side is if we're investing all this money in the top two guys, where you've got seven other dudes in this room there's not going to be much money and talent there. And that's just always this thing that you keep in mind from a roster standpoint. If you go too top heavy, what happens? If JJ Watt picks up an injury three weeks into the season and out for the rest of the year, where are you left? And, and it's why you see the, the Patriots sort of model of let's have four great guys rather than two elite dudes. Um, because if someone goes down, doesn't really matter if it's one of those four you've still got more going so it it's always one of them to keep in your back of mind but I don't mind it for two years two years let's just give it a go and see what happens um go all in um in terms of that short-term window there but you balance that out by going hey we're not we're not gonna have Richardson so um yeah for me I don't mind Aquara I think that's the sensible long-term move but if you get the opportunity to bring in JJ Watt for let's say it's 13 and a half million over each of the next two years. Yeah, let's sign me up. And quick maths, we've got the cap to do that and it doesn't come too much out of our uh, piggy bank. No, so it, it won't. They'll structure it in a, a weird way. So if you go to my Twitter, at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N, I've done sort of a couple of examples of what the contract could look like for the Browns. It'll be backloaded. Um, so I think I worked out the first year cap hit's going to be something like 6 million. Um, and then they'll end up paying more for him in the third year when he's not on the roster because the way they'll backload it. So um, it's one that, that they can do some funky stuff there um, to sort out the cap hits. And uh, no, get him in. All right, Jack. Well, look, mate, it's great catching up with you, mate. What is the next podcast on? So the, it's the final one of this four-month sort of positional review. So we're doing special teams and sort of conclusion piece, looking at, hey, what would I do? Um, we might touch on maybe some other shows sort of next week. Got an exciting new format coming for you next Monday. Um, so we'll keep that one under our heads. We'll let you know about that on Friday. Um, and how that's going to work. But really, really looking forward to that. As always, any cap questions, jump over to my Twitter. DMs are open, cap roster, anything like that. Um, the written work, this article, all the other articles at dog.land or dogland.com. Um, loads of great stuff over there I've been writing. Um, thank you for all your support. So much kind stuff. Um, working on a couple of ideas but if you've got an idea for hey why don't you write about this article why don't you do this podcast um 
just jump in mine, Paul's, Ian's DMs, send us ideas. We're always looking for throwing new topics, new ideas out there. And uh, yeah, yeah, get in touch. So much great feedback in the last couple of weeks. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, make sure you give Jack a follow. I know you're obviously following me, but no, make sure you follow Jack. And, you know, he puts a lot of effort into all the work he does at the moment. You know, he's definitely drinking far too much Red Bull because he never stops phoning me up more than do podcasts. So, um, yeah, loving his effort, loving the vibe. And, uh, yeah, if you don't agree with him, let him know on Twitter. No harm in that whatsoever. No, I'm always happy to have a debate, throw different ideas out there, guys. So uh, don't be shy. Um, but no, thanks a lot, buddy. Where can they find you on Twitter if they're not already following? Ooh. They should be. Clubhouse, mate. Clubhouse is the place to go now, mate. So check out Paul on Clubhouse, guys. <laughs> um, I'm not trendy enough to be on there, so uh, I'll, I'll stick to tweeting, uh, doing Instagram videos with my dog. All right, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.